WBAI.online. Stay tuned. Everybody, welcome back to Talk Back at the Positive Mind. I'm Kevin O'Donoghue here with Ben Starr. Hello. Nisima Diane Diemer. Hey, everybody. And a whole lot of spring is in the air and here at the Positive Mind, where we try and bring you some ideas, concepts, and guests. Try and help you lead a more positively minded life. April is the cruelest month. Somebody wrote that a long time ago. We have a book to give this hour. Only one book left from last week's Fun Drive show. Let's talk about death over dinner. And we have only one left, and we want to send it out to the person who calls in first. Who knows? Who wrote those most, 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 most famous words in the English language? April is the cruelest month. And if you really want to astound us, maybe get two books if you can quote the three lines that come after it. A famous, famous... No po- Googling. No no Googling. No, Googling no computers. Allowed. Come on, you college graduates, you grad students in English literature. Everybody knows that line who's been to grad school. April is the cruelest month. And what, what could he be meaning by those words? What do you think it means, Ben? Actually, let's wait for callers. Let's have callers call in. Tell us, Call in now. Tell us what they think. 212-757-5555. If you can tell Kevin who wrote those words, he'll send you a free copy of the death Let's Talk About Death book. We'll take the Let's fan. Talk About Death Only Over one. Dinner. That was on last week's show with Michael Hebb. Um, you can go to the archives to listen to that show, WBAI.org. And last week's show, we were on for two hours. Thank you, WBAI. We sold a bunch of books. And... We're offering the last one to the first caller who can say who wrote those famous words and the year that he wrote them. Oh, you're making it hard now. I'm making it hard. But, you know, when you talk about spring, and spring is here, what is April the word? Isn't it so very different than the word March? When you yeah. when you hear the word March or February, <laughs> and then you hear the word April. Well, like m- my birthday's in March, so when, that's what I think of when I hear March. Oh, really? Yeah, I have a positive association with March because yeah. that's when my birthday is. I do, too, mm. with February. But I get what you're saying. When I hear April, it's like light and springy and lifted and easy off the tongue. April. See, I'm an 80s April. baby, so no. I'm an 80s kid. So when I hear April, I think of the Ninja Turtles girlfriend because that, <laughs> oh. was, that was her name. <laughs> April. The newscaster. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. But has something happened to you over the last few days? Walking out in the air of April. Yes. Um, have you noticed a, a change in yourself? What has come up for you personally, mm-hmm. privately, individually? You know, th- as little as three weeks ago, you were walking out your front door, 
pulling on your tight jacket, putting on a scarf or something. Bundled up. Bundled yes, up earmuffs. and contracted. Bracing against Bracing the cold. Bracing against the cold. And this month, April, April does something, right? It, it, <sighs> it, it expands. It opens us up. We are going to be talking about April and spring today. And, and this quality, this mental health quality called hope. Because as the famous therapist wrote, spring and hope are intertwined in the mind, body, and soul. In spring, nature conspires with biology and psychology to spark the basic needs that underlie all hope. It's true that hope doesn't melt away in the summer. It is not rendered, rendered fallow in autumn, nor perish in the deep freeze of winter. But none of these other seasons can match the bounty of hope. That greets us in spring. We have someone right. on the line who wants Already? to Let's take, hear it. take a crack at it. We have Roberto on the line. Hi. Yes, I have Roberto. Oh, Hi, you Roberto. sound like a guy who knows. Go ahead, Roberto. What? Is this Wallace Stevens poetry? No, sir. You got it wrong. Well, you got your one mm-hmm. shot. But the same, okay. same, same generation, but <laughs> don't Google it. Wait for the answer for somebody else, Roberto. <laughs> but thanks for calling. Uh, okay, good. Well, I'm wishing someone good luck. Now. Thanks, thanks for calling. Okay. Really, okay, you know, care. the other master of 20th century poetry, Wallace Stevens. But, so he's, he's on the right track there. But not Wallace Stevens. So good. We have a literate audience out there. April is the cruelest month. Who said it? Who wrote it? Who wrote it? 212-757-5555. And we're going to be discussing the contrary to that, actually, today. We want to talk about this season of hope. Do you notice a change in your step just uh, in as little as a week? I know I do. Mm -hmm. Oh, big time. We, right? Do you, Ben? Sure. Tell us about it. Just feel better all around. Right? Is there a confidence? Do you notice a sort of confidence about yourself Something. Um, well, I kind of, I kind of find that that this weather in spring sort of asks me to come out of my ideas of what I want to do in winter mm. to actually doing my ideas. You oh, know, really? to start mm. manifesting. Mm-hmm. It kind of calls me to rise right, right, right. out of my slumber and thoughtfulness of mm-hmm. winter mm. to uh, to like, okay, let's get out there and start doing it. You know, all those things I was thinking of. But not really out of any effort. No, right? no. It's like a calling. It's like, okay, mm. now the now the weather's good. I can get out. I can move around a little bit easier. And, like, let's let's get it done. You're let's listening do to The Positive Mind here on WBAI. Kevin's asking you if you can guess who wrote that line, April is the cruelest month. And we're taking your calls at 212-757-5555. Justine is on the line. You want to give it a shot? Yes, T.S. Eliot, and that's from The Wasteland in 1922. Very good. Awesome. You have to call us back after the winner. show, and we'll send you out this free copy after the show. Uh, what's the name again? Justine. Hey. Justine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to, uh, do, do you know what year it was written? Yeah, he said. He said 1922. 1922. Oh, he did. I didn't hear that. Nailed it. Justine, oh. what do you think he that did. means? Yeah, what does that mean to you? Well, well, I feel that at April... He said April is the cruelest month because we've been through winter and it's been hard, but we still have to keep going on. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, for him, uh, the beginning of the spring meant that you couldn't stay asleep. You know, you couldn't you couldn't continue to sleep. You had to wake up. You mm-hmm. had to keep going. Mm-hmm. 
And in that way, it's kind of cruel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. We we got used to our contraction yeah. over the, yeah. win- the winter months, and now cruel nature is calling us out, like all of nature, to come out of our slum, mm-hmm. co- come out of our slumber, and face the elements, face the world. I like it. Yeah, it's like you can't give up. You know, saying okay, right. you know, you've been beaten down, you're tired, mm. you're depressed, you're weary, but mm. you can't give up. You don't have the choice of giving up. Mm. It's not even. It's not even the rah rah. You, you know, pep mm, talk. Yeah, you can't give not, up. It's, you don't even have the. It's choice. not the cheerleading rah rah. It's it's just yeah, you don't like have you a, don't, you don't even. What? Yeah, good. I'm sorry. Good. Yeah, what are our choices? So, so I think you're nailing it. You're nailing it. Beautiful. Um, what about you? Are you noticing any? change in yourself with this change of season it's not a drag i i feel both ways about it i feel that um you know i like the fact that the days are longer that i can Mm. get out more spend time more 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 time out Mm. but it's also i do i do also feel a weariness too that Mm. and it may be for me partly because um two people who were very close to me died late in March, you know, in different years, okay. and a, yeah. another who was close to me committed suicide mm. Um, mm. late in the winter. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. So that anniversary of those things every year kind of um, contracts you a bit, would you say? Yeah, mm. yeah. It makes you stay in. Um, and then, when does that lift for you? Like, what time of year, would you say? Probably, I'd, I'd say... Maybe a couple weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Once Makes we're sense. sort of well into spring. Right. Things really yeah. are starting to move. Mm. And it happens every year, right? Yeah. 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 It's funny how it can be Ours. like that with those kinds of anniversaries. Yeah. I mean, think of this, too. I mean, visualize this, too, that it's spring. Um, I mean, the days are getting longer, so yeah. you have more daylight, yeah. but the trees are still bare. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah, gr- the trees haven't. Yeah, have yeah. you seen a tulip yet? No. Yeah, I saw one the other day. So they're. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're they're, coming. they are coming. <laughs> Listen, Justine, thanks for calling. You're getting a book. We're gonna. Uh, can you call after the show? I'll give you the number to call after the show. Okay. Or two one two. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you after the show because I don't want to confuse it. We're having people call. <laughs> we're having people call the the studio two one two seven five seven five 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 five. Justine, thanks we'll for the call. And I'll okay, I'll, I'll let you know at the end of the show. Okay. Yeah. Give us a call back. Thank you so much. April sure. is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, hmm. mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Wow. Those are the first four lines. T.S. Eliot's probably the famous, most famous poem, poem of, the, <laughs> of the 20th century, <laughs> written in 1922 after World War I. Yeah. Uh, which informs the poem. It's a 14-page poem, so you wow. need to take some time with it. Um, but he nailed it, so it's great. So it's kind of cruel in the sense that, yes, you have nowhere to go. Um, you can't go back. Winter's over, and you're foraging and fostering forward. How's yeah. that for alliteration? Foraging <laughs> and fostering forward into forward spring. And for some people, it takes a little time, a few weeks. For some people, it happens right away. Mm. We want to enjoy you calling in today, telling us about if you've noticed already a change in your step. You know, hope springs right. eternal. Is, are you noticing a change in your step, in your optimism? Ben, ben even 
open the door to that. And we'll talk more about that in a second. 212-757-5555. So it's the season of hope. I've noticed it, Nasima. I mean, mm-hmm. I've noticed, um, and it might be, you know, we talk a lot in mental health about the unconscious, and most people, 90% of what they think is in their unconscious, that the change of season is a nice way of paying attention to your unconscious. If you're noticing, like, your air, air is entering your lungs differently. If you're mm-hmm. noticing your joints are moving differently. If you notice your walk is moving differently. And this is your unconscious. are moving differently. Yeah, even your thoughts are moving differently. Um, like this confidence I want to talk to Ben about. Mm-hmm. Um, that this is going on unconsciously. And when we have a change of season, like from winter to spring. Right. People feel a sense of hope, mm. subconsciously, unconsciously. Mm. And that's what uh, we want to talk about today. We want to talk about hope because, hope. Uh, you know, when clients come to a therapist, the most important question that therapist is asking is, where is their hope? Do they have any hope? Mm-hmm. Because it's only that, you know, everybody, you know, a lot of people come in and, and they're worried about their depression or their anxiety or something. And you can be depressed, severely depressed, but it's when you don't have any hope and the therapist or the psychiatrist can't find you having any hope that we start to ask all these questions. Then we start having the questions around suicide and suicidal ideation and mm-hmm. thoughts about, um, about you know, yeah, not it, sticking around. So how, how, do you, how do you function without hope? I mean, it must be really, mm. really hard. I, you know... I can't imagine what people might be thinking or feeling if they don't have that sense or quality of hope, that sense that this will change. I feel like, you know, whatever right now, I don't feel good. I feel low. I feel depressed. But I know the sun's going to rise. Yes. And things could be different tomorrow. And and, if if you're just joining us, you're tuned into The Positive Mind, 99.5 FM, WBAI. We are taking your calls, talking about springtime. It's our first show in April. It's yeah. really the first nice, beautiful day mm, mm. of the year here in New York City. Yeah. I hope that those of you out there listening have had the chance to enjoy that, make the most of it. Uh, we're taking your calls at 212-757-5555. We have Peter on the line. Hi, Peter. Nice. Thanks for calling in. Hi. Hey, and Peter. Th- hey, Peter. Hi. Uh, what? You remember a few weeks ago, I forgot, it was a full moon, but it was a something moon, like the mega moon. Yes, right. What's the word? The uh, great moon? Super moon. It was a super super moon. Well, at least I'm being authentic. I'm telling the truth. And what it reminded me of was, just because it came right before, actually it was the day before the first day of spring, and it reminded me of a haiku that I wrote many years ago, and it was based on that there was a full moon. It was casting light into my room and making like a like light in the in the dark, like a, a, a like oh, a like, like, of like light, a mo- like a moonstruck moon. Yes, yeah. and, and so and so there was La a trapezoid of light on the floor on the floor. Right. And I wrote a haiku that goes like this. because I mean, we were talking about poetry. Okay, so give it to us. You see, you ready? even mm-hmm. you know your and heart fact, turns to your heart turns to poetry. When, when, well, when spring and, and comes. Poetry, I think <laughs> haiku, like one of the definitions that it has to connect some, some psychological with with the natural world. Right. So right. here it goes. Go. 
Spring moon awakens, and reaching through my window dispels the darkness. Wow, Peter. One more time. One more time. Spring moon awakens, and reaching through my window dispels the darkness. You know, that's that's just perfect. That's exactly what we're talking about today, right? The dispelling of the darkness with spring. Yeah, and I, I, I like that, too, that it's like spring moon awakens, and it's like, well, it awakens me. It awakens my mind. Right. So that was like a... Yeah. I thought that sounded like you sound especially like we you know you call you call often so we know your voice but you know you do sound a bit lighter this time calling well, is it because of spring or what do you think I think I think it is it is because of spring you feel freer to go out there I mean I had a big weekend of doing like a big doing activities every night now that's rare Okay. You know, okay. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, mm. and people be more willing to go out and do something. Right. Right. So everybody else is also up for a little bit more activity. So that yeah, like uh, right, right. Get out of the hibernation. Right. Out of hibernation mode. Yeah. Peter, we're going to talk more about this all show. Thank you for calling one okay. last time, Peter. One last time. Go ahead. The haiku. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One last time. Five seven five. You know that. Yes, I do know that. Dispels the darkness. That 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 right. line I remember. So go ahead. Spring moon awakens, and reaching through my window, dispels the darkness. Beautiful, Pete. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. See ya. Two on two. It's perfect. I'm yeah. telling you. I'm telling. And so and, nice. and what people don't know is Peter is legally blind, hmm. and so. You know, for him to come up with with poems, mm-hmm. even amidst his could be, a, a lot of people could, and he wasn't born that way. It happened yeah. later in life yeah. that it, you know he could have just given up and and just thrown in the towel. And uh, he keeps himself alive with mm-hmm. with a lot of different things. This I know about you, Peter. So thanks for the call. Two one two seven five seven five 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 five. You know, I think it's dramatic. Spring is dramatic. And by the way, spring is the number one rated favorite season. <laughs> Maybe because it comes up against winter, which is probably the least favorite right. season. <laughs> so a, a lot of humans we work with contrariety. Yeah, contrary, contrast. You know, so s- spring kind of leads into summer. Summer kind of leads into fall. I like to call and it the shoulder season. Fall kind of <laughs> leads into winter. But winter and spring, I mean, spring is so dramatically different than yeah. winter. Yeah. That... It's not a surprise that people label it and name it the number one season. After that is summer. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, because spring is leading to summer. It has a lot of hope in it because you know, it's mm. like, oh, summer vacation's coming up. Mm-hmm. The beach is coming up. You know, I'm convinced that summer is really only the favorite season of, of school-aged children. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, who would who would take... Uh, you know that that the oppressive hu- heat and humidity oh, yeah. <laughs> over over a nice you know 70 degree clear spring day yeah, with exactly. 40% humidity yeah. with all the or even the blood. fall i mean for me new york city yeah best weather around the whole year is like the middle two weeks of september mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we get about 10 days of perfect mm-hmm. weather in the mm-hmm. in the middle of september yeah. you know what i'm talking about yep. oh yeah or the, and yeah. it's oh, yeah. just Unreal how so beautiful. If it was like mm. that all year round, mm. I mean, forget it. You know, mm-hmm. everyone mm. would be moving here. Yeah, and and I mean, our body temperature is ninety eight point six. So uh, to to throw a hot summer day on top of that, yeah, 
can feel oppressive. So with spring, it makes sense that, you know, a 75-degree day and a 98.6 temperature body kind of mm. digests it better and manages it better. So I think there's something to that, too. Yeah. As a kid, my favorite season was summer for that no reason. No question about it. Because there was no school. Right. That's yeah. it. That's the only reason. Yeah. yeah. Now I'd say it's like April, May, September, if I could combine those three mm. into right. a season. Yeah. Those are, to me, those are the best months. Yeah. Well, a famous writer once said that there's really six seasons. That mm. there's two months of every season: January, February, March, April. Mm. Kurt, Kurt Vonnegut wrote that. Okay. Kurt, Kurt Vonnegut said that in his uh, his autobiography. And the rest are kind of transitions to. Yeah, those. But they're all no. I mean, uh, mm. May and June. I mean, June is so different than August. Yeah. You know, uh, and September, October, November, December. So, it makes yeah, sense. But spring sense. as a season really brings something out in human beings, and I think it's going from this contraction to an expansion and yeah. I think I want to teach I, I just want to do it with exercise right now like <sighs> like nice deep breath <sighs> inspiration <sighs> let your let your Expan- lungs expand expansion your ribs expansion expand. Uh, expansion of the chest there it is yeah. and and this weather outside brings that exercise mm-hmm. to light when we walk out the door yeah so let's talk about hope. Let's talk about how people just subconsciously feel a sense of hope. You said something interesting about we're all acting on hope. I yeah. Mean, I mean, I'm thinking about the uh, just that it's the planting season, right? Mm-hmm. So the planting season says, I'm going to plant these seeds. I think I know what they are. If you're a good farmer, you do. And you know I'm going to put them in the dirt. I'm going to water them. And in a matter of weeks, something's going to come out of the ground that wasn't there before. Mm. And that's like that's like hoping for the future. Every time a farmer plants seeds, every time, you know, it's like you're planning for the future. This is a time when, okay, so I go from my thoughts of winter, and now I start to put into action those thoughts. Well, I have to plant seeds of my own manifestation on some level, right? Exactly. And I know everything's, you know, there's so much possibility in those seeds. For lots to grow, lots to happen. So. And the earth doesn't disappoint. Usually not. Usually never. I mean, every year we go yeah, from yeah. a frozen always, landscape yeah. to all of a sudden mm-hmm. this verdant field right. that, you know, has happened for centuries. That mm-hmm. the earth continually reminds us that there is hope. There is hope. In the midst of February, there is hope. It just the sun keeps moving across the sky. The moon keeps <laughs> changing her yeah. face. So hope going. is kind of natural, Ben, to mm-hmm. uh, to human beings. I mean, it's unnatural to not be hopeful. Yeah. In a way, it's uh, unnatural. I think it depends on what people have been through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I was listening to um, caller Justine talk about having um, anniversaries of of losing loved ones mm-hmm. in March. Yeah. Which actually I have too. I've I've also lost uh, two very close loved ones in March. Mm. Mm. So I had related to that, you know, yeah. instantly. Really. So right. I think when it depends what people people's lived experiences. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there who mm. live without hope, yeah. for a number of reasons. Yeah. And you wonder what keeps them living. Because I think once hope is gone, yeah. like you kind of like, what's your reason to live? I mean, if you don't have a sense of future. Well, I think, you know, if we were to, if we were to get it. a real number 
on the amount mm-hmm. of people out there mm. in the general population at large who are clinically depressed, mm-hmm. I think it would be staggering. Yeah. I think there's not really enough data, yeah. but I, I do think that there's more people than we think, especially now. I think, I think uh, in a lot of ways, like modernity and technology, and we've mm-hmm. talked about this in the past, mm-hmm. um, social media, cell phones, all these things that are meant to kind of connect us yeah. have actually isolated us Indeed. Yeah. And, yeah. and made a lot of people really, really lonely and depressed in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and I wonder, Kevin, like, how does a therapist, you know, help a client find that? Do they? Yes, they Can definitely you? do. Uh, mostly people who have no hope and don't have hope need to have somebody listen to them. Mm. They're often very isolated. Um, in the first place. So w- that's one thing we look for. Who do you know? Who do you, who do you contact when you're not feeling well? Do you mm-hmm. have friends? Do you have a social network? Do you have family? Uh, mm-hmm. And we, we, you know, we slip those questions in there, but mostly, you know, w- we create the space for them to talk and hear themselves. Mm-hmm. And, b- and getting a chance to just talk for 45, 50 minutes with somebody else listening and, and, and responding and doing that time and again, mm-hmm. um, the person recaptures a sense of hope. They get in touch with, oh, I'm heard. You know, right. I've been validated. I've been understood. Being understood, being validated, gives a sense of hope. Mm-hmm. It makes a person get in touch with parts of their inners that can revive hope. Right. So the first thing with somebody with not with hope, and Ben, you and I were talking about this. You can't say words, right? I mean. Saying, oh, you'll get, you'll feel better next week, or you know, uh, you'll get a job soon. Right. Or tell, tell the guy who's chronically unemployed and right. can't find a job. Right. Try to make him feel hopeful with words. I mean, I don't think that's going to do it. Yeah. But it, maybe right. a callback for an interview, or someone who says, hey, give me your resume, I'll get it into somebody's hands. Yes. That is an action. That's gonna, yeah. that's gonna bring more hope than words. Right. And when those things don't actually bring back that spark, because hope is like a kind of spark, right? I mean. Oh, I'm down in the dumps, and then all of a sudden somebody responded to my resume, and they called me, and they want me to do an interview. Oh, there it is. I feel that spark again, Yeah. and that's hope. I'm full of hope. Right. And so when somebody hears that news and they don't feel that spark, then we need them to have – then they need to be talking to somebody. They yeah. need to find that spark again inside of them, and that's what hope really is. It's this spark that has faith and confidence that something good is going to happen for me. I have a feeling this is why like therapy animals work so well sometimes with depression. Just because it's mm. like that again that sort of unconditional response of, you know, another living being that isn't, you know, in that place and gives you something to sort of feel reflected in and loved by mm. and that, you know, I imagine that's why I, I, they really I could help. see how that would work. Um, I think what happens subconsciously <laughs> is you're having an animal respond to you. Yeah. You know, and when you're petting and holding and touching an animal, it's kind of responding. You're mm-hmm. trying to get a, a response from it, or and to feel another being responding to you is a sign of hope. Yeah. It can connect to that place inside of you that is where your hope hope resides. So yeah. we're asking for you to call us two one two seven five seven five 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 five. The book is going out today. Um, but we want to hear from you. What has got a spring in your step? Do you have a spring in your step? Is spring your favorite season? I mean, just to build on what I said earlier mm-hmm. about how yeah. I think that there's a lot more hopelessness and a lot more depression out there than we might think. 
um, there was a, a study done on pop music, popular music, right. mm-hmm. which when you think about it is a reflection of culture and people yeah. and mm. society we live youth. in, right? The younger yeah. culture usually. And so in, in 2017, out of the top 100 singles across popular music, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 71 of those 100 mentioned or alluded to mental health. Or wow. being Ooh. sad, being wow. down. Yeah, yeah. When, when they looked at 1958, it was 24. Oh, sure. Wow. So it went from 24%. Right. It went from one in four to like two in three right. songs talking about yes. angst or anguish of or course. sadness or mental health some way, yeah. shape, or form. And we've gotten better talking about our emotions since 1958, so that's a good thing on that side. Right. But it's definitely a reflection of yeah, that, too. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. But, you're, but you're right. I mean, and so people are letting themselves be more vulnerable and share these darker sides. But that's a tremendous 71% mm. of the top 100 of single. Top that's 100. across uh, rock, pop, right. hip-hop. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And hip-hop is, is in a lot of ways leading that. There's a lot of hip-hop now that's like sad rap. It's pretty, mm. it's is a pretty it really? big change compared to when you look at where, where it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. So mm. interesting reflection of... Where people are at, two one, but right. not this week. Two one two seven five seven five 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 five. I want to know when they're writing those songs, because not in April. Then <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to guess. Like, what's the percentage of happy songs written in April? Yeah. We're 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 trying to hear from you. Two one two seven five seven five 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 five. We'll be back after this musical break.
tuning in we're the positive mind we're here every wednesday from four to five on 99.5 fm wbai in new york city and we are here to bring you ideas concepts and guests to help you lead a more positively minded life we're talking about springtime today has it put the extra pep in your step that's what (laughs) we're wondering (laughs) and we'd love hearing from you again 212-757-5555 is the number to call Hope is that kind of natural spark in you yeah. that expects good things to happen. Right. Expects them. And this. And so you yeah. know our health, right? I mean, our health, our health keeps reminding us, hey, there's hope. Your heart Unle- keeps beating, w- yeah. right? And, and when you breathing. get sick, you recover from being sick. Mm-hmm. And proportionately throughout your life, typically normally, you know, two percent of your time would be spent being sick. That naturally Wonderful. we're meant to be healthy, mm-hmm. and that there's hope in that. Yeah. You know, so uh, hope is a natural thing, and and oncologists, you know, cancer doctors talk about the importance of hope for the healing of patients, and that those who don't have hope are the ones that are more susceptible to pass faster, sooner than they they have to. Right. So, Right. So hope is something that you can cultivate too. They also showed that you know doctors, patients who have you know on any spectrum, who don't have hope, don't take their medications the right way, and they don't mm. take care of yeah. themselves the way the doctor's suggesting. Yeah. The ones who have hope will listen, will try, will keep searching, will keep moving, and keep growing. Um, there are different ways to approach you know, how illness impacts you or how stress Mm. impacts your life, if you approach it from a hopeful stance, it will blow over a lot quicker. So I look forward to the future with hope and optimism. First question a doctor will ask you, true or false? I look forward to the future with hope and enthusiasm. Yeah, most times I I can say that. When yes. I when things are going badly, I am helped by knowing that they cannot stay stay that way forever. True that's or a, false? It's a good question. I have enough time to accomplish the things I want to do. I happen to be particularly lucky, and I expect to get more of the good things in life than the average person. All I can see ahead of me is unpleasantness rather than pleasantness. This is a, a this is a scale, a, a questionnaire that doctors and therapists and psychiatrists will ask. It's called the Beck Hopelessness Scale. That, you know, we find if you say true or false, you know, 15 out of 20 of these questions, chances are you're severely depressed, mm. and that. You know, we are checking to see who do you know that can be some form of support for you. Right. Does this person have a network of people that they can talk to, they can rely on, that they can lean on? Yeah. And when they we get answers, like when we get the no answer to those questions, then we start to have to, you know, really work with this client, really get them to commit, and sometimes even make a contract. You know, there is a, con- mm-hmm. a suicide contract that we have with patients that we ask them if they're a danger to themselves and what, the, you know, will they sign this contract to notify and call and be available um, before they they attempted to do anything. Right, 
right. So it's a contract. But but this is extreme. You know, mm-hmm. this is extreme. All you need is 51%. Right. If you have 51% of optimism over pessimism over despair or pessimism then you're doing then you're going then you're you're with us then yeah. you're going to be okay yeah i wonder i've heard that in um china that one of the prescriptions for depression is working in the rice fields yes it is they just get them out planting yeah and again that's like being productive that's like doing something that's going to move towards yeah. a future end like but I'm it's also working with the earth you know you're working i mean with the earth you're working with natural process you're out in the sun yeah. you're breathing so just these little doing something simple i think there are ways that we can start to support and inspire and create more hope in ourselves if we're feeling a little bit low hopeless music music Huge. Put on some music in you the like morning. You like music, Ben. Yeah. What does music do in your life? Depends on what I'm going for. <laughs> well, so what, what would you play? What what hopeful music would you play? What's your What's your go-to when you want to feel a little hope? You know, I'm a nostalgic kind of person, so uh-huh. I would probably go back to... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe going backwards mm. is, not, is not the answer, but yeah. it's always my first instinct. Right. You know. Right. Old reliables. Sure. Old reliable music. Yeah. A lot of people will do that. They'll turn yeah. on a certain station when they're they're feeling down because they can count on a certain kind of music from that station that will bring back memories, break old old good times, things like that. How about how about a movie like Rocky? Well, I there's mean, a story. Two one two. Let's get people to call two one two seven five seven five 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 five. It is spring. We are focusing on spring today, and naturally, when you talk about spring, you talk about hope. Right. And this is subconscious in us, and most people feel a sense of hope more so in the springtime than other seasons. And hope is one of those strengths in positive psychology. In positive psychology, they have 24 strengths that we like to focus on with clients, with people. Um, instead of the negative stuff, mm-hmm. you know, people want to come in and talk about their negative, their depression, their anxiety. And we say, well, you know, what are some strengths of yours? Mm. You know, I notice you have a strength in this area that you really learn. You, you're a very curious person or you're very right. wise or you're very giving. Um, you're very understanding but or you're very socially unique? intelligent yeah. or aware. So how does how does hope help? Someone. Why is why would that be a strength? Well, hope is um, an orientation that you know is natural. It's like self-healing. It's mm-hmm. like when you're in hope, living in hope, you're living in the possibility of health and and of healing. Right. Um, so that in itself is what's healing about living in hope. Famous writer said, "There's only two missions in life. One is to find out what your hope is." And the other is to f- to live inside that hope. And what does that look like? <laughs> Living a, inside it, your hope. It, well, that's kind of what we're trying to ask people to get to today, yeah. right? I think this this is what we're trying to get. We're trying to get people to have an experience, to check in with themselves. How hopeful am I? Do I surround myself with people that are hopeful or uh-huh. optimistic in general, confident? You know, self-assured, right. or do I surround myself with people who are cynical, uh-huh. who are negative, who are, uh, you know, insulting or critical? Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're, who you surround yourself with is likely who you are, 
And to live inside of hope, it's natural that you you don't want to be around cynical people when there's hopefulness around. Mm -hmm. That, you know, I want to keep my spark. I want to keep my healing going. I don't want to be distracted and detracted by negativity. Yeah, it might, but I can imagine it would be difficult, you know, if you're surrounded by these people to to know that that's what's missing. You know, if you maybe grew up you in a home like that, you wouldn't know that, you know, you grew up in a hopeless situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and that, that can be difficult. And and I think people finding their hope, finding their belief is, is just you know, it's groundbreaking on some level, right? Yeah, I think so, especially if you grew up in a place where everybody was hopeless yeah. and didn't and criticized hope right. so um we can talk more about that after yeah. this call we have mike on the line hi mike hi how are you doing Good. i enjoy your show very much thank you whenever i get to hear it sometimes the gym trumps the show oh <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> so I, I i don't think this area has ever been talked about no uh, and in and, and the way of maintaining a, an optimistic outlook a hopeful outlook yeah. Cheer, cheerfulness. In my case, it's my mom, mm. who died at 98, eight wow. years ago. I was in a particular situation. I would think of her and how she handled it, mm. and I would say, I have to handle it that way. Mm. My mom's mantra was, "You face life as you find it," and almost always, just do something for someone else. You'll feel better. Right. That's a beautiful wow. one. Yep. Do so. something it it really does. It gets you out of your head, out of your misery, yeah. right? So, tell, yeah. Mike, tell everybody how lucky you were to have a mom like that. Very lucky. Very privileged. Uh, we, we, I, she lived long enough to see me get Medicare. That gave her a particular charge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she was in her early 90s, we walked down the street together both with crutches. I had had a hip replacement. And uh, it was just, and we shared different kinds of things because of that situation. Different situations. Mm. I should say, when you have your mom till 98, you get to do so much more. You talk about so much more because we're all, you know, no more imperatives at a certain age. Yeah, they they stop leaning on you, telling you how to do and what to do. That, yes. And, and you must and, uh, you must have a lot of hope for living yourself a long life. Well, my dad didn't do quite as well. Oh, okay. But um, I tried to, yeah. you know, listen to the the smarter way to go through life. Yeah. yeah. I'm having a senior moment. I can't think of the name I'm trying to think of. Gary, Gary Nelson. Gary Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I think that people whose parents did live a long life can rely on that as a source of hope, thinking that their own health is... Chances are pretty good. My genes are good. So yeah. even if I'm not doing great now, I'll have a long life. I'll have a chance to get it right by living a long life. So <laughs> uh, to have a, uh, have a mom live to 96, 98 that's great. can be like a badge of, you know, it can be like a pride, uh, a thing of pride. You can walk around with your chest out thinking, oh, I'm going to live a long life. Well, there's a better chance that I will. Yes, there is. Mm-hmm. And... and one more thing. As I got older, I found myself procrastinating more and just thinking about my mother. She, a bill came, she sat down with a stamp and a pen, paid it immediately. And any kind of chore that was less than ideal, 
Mm-hmm. She, she would just do it immediately. And, and just thinking oh. about her and that encourages me to do it also. Exactly. Fantastic. Good model. The P, the, the P word, procrastination. What was, her, what was her name? Dora. Dora. She was named, uh, she grew up in the Lower East Side. We're, we're a, uh, I'm first generation. We're from a little town north of Athens called Yanina. And uh, my brother Matt works at the station, Matt Mazina. Oh. Okay. And uh, I don't know if he's ever talked about that. He hasn't. He hasn't been there yet, but I, I've been there. And um, now I forgot the point I was going to make. This is terrible. Well, she's lit. She's lit up your life all these years. She, she so really has. She really has. Mike, thanks for calling. You're very welcome. Have a good spring. Thank you very much, and <laughs> same to all of you. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye bye. Bye. You know, he raises a good point. I mean, I think the the easiest way to stay depressed and to stay hopeless is to kind of withdraw and and yeah. stay inside your own head. Yeah. Be, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I think introverts have a hard time with this. Sure. And for me, when I'm asking myself yeah. the question, how can I be of service to others? Mm-hmm. That's what pulls me out of a funk, mm. out of a slump. Right. Mm. How can I be of service to others? Yeah. What can I do? It's a lucky question to even be able to ask. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, some people don't even get to ask the question. Um, so to, for that to even pop up, and his mom is a model yeah. of somebody who did that and, and modeled that, is is luck. You know, you're lucky to even get that. So right. we have about 10 more minutes, so we're taking your calls, 212-757-5555. It's your chance to get a plug in for Spring and April is April the cruelest month, <laughs> or the month of all hope. April is here, and we're taking your calls two one two seven five seven five 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 five. So isolation is a big deal that people have to deal with. The question is like, who do you call in a jam? Mm-hmm. Do you have five people that or you one person. You that you can one. think of that you would call in a jam? Yeah. Do you, Ben? Mm-hmm. I do. You have five. So those are the people that you call mm-hmm. and you connect with and talk to. And they'll listen. And when you when you don't know what to do, mm-hmm. those are the those are the people. Sometimes when you can get so overwhelmed with your isolation and your sense of hopelessness that you don't think even these five people that I normally would call in a jam are there. Mm-hmm. Those are the five to call, or any one of them. Right. Right. I, I I have, you know, a few people, and it's wonderful to know that, right? It's wonderful to know I have mm-hmm. a resource mm-hmm. in the people that I that I know and love me and are there. You know, there's something, too, about, um, like, ways that we can help ourselves be more hopeful. The spring cleaning. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Have you done your spring clean? Have right. you changed over your winter wardrobe? Mm. Yeah, I did mine last week. Yeah. It feels so good. It really does. Like your house feels totally hmm. different. You're like you're seeing all the new mm. clothes from last year, maybe right. some new ones. Yeah. It's yeah, but they don't time. have summer cleaning or fall no, cleaning, right? Spring. spring cleaning. Spring after all that detritus from the winter is piled up in your house. Right. And the sun comes through and you start to see it all. Mm. <laughs> like, oh no. There's that pile and There's that pile. There's a clearing. There's a clearing when you yeah. clean out. I remember yeah. last year, Ben, when you did your spring cleaning, mm-hmm. because you mm-hmm. were going away, I, I think. Oh, was two that, years ago. Two years ago. I mean, you were wow. talking I was, about. I was, I was cleaning every day for right. like a month. Throwing <laughs> stuff out, donating right. stuff, yeah. selling stuff. Yes. I mean, I, you know, it was 
it was out of control how much stuff we just accumulate it's yeah. disgusting i mean it's, yeah. it's 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 like obscene yeah and uh and i was just i was working on that and mm. at the end of it, it felt so good yeah. just it's, so good it's and, really good and for it's your health. like it's part of the contraction that happens in winter that we accumulate stuff mm-hmm. and our senses sort of accommodate and shut down through the winter months yeah. So that we can tolerate like the stacks of paper, newspapers, and the the laundry, and and even the food, or, or and the dust, and the dust, and everything. That because we're contracted, we're we're kind of turned off. Our senses are not as alive. Mm-hmm. That when we go outside in nature in spring, we're suddenly blossoming, and uh, and our senses become alive, and we come back into our homes, and we see all this stuff. Yeah, it doesn't fit anymore. Just wasn't as noticeable. In those winter months. And naturally, we want to clear it out. Right. Yeah. And it feels so, like, heavy and, like, dense and tight. You know, you just need to be like, ah, get rid of the stuff. I want more space. We have Patricia on the line. Hi, Patricia. Hi there. Hi. Um, I did did come in and speak with you once a long time ago. You probably don't remember. I'm a nurse, and you had talked about your mother being in the uh, actress business. Oh, sure. From New Jersey? um, uh, no, I'm from New York, Westchester County. So, oh, okay, Patricia. Uh, sure. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I wanted to bring up that springtime doesn't bring the happiness or hope that mm. you mentioned to me. I don't know why. I think it may have come from the family, which your cohort mentioned was uh, mm. killing hope. They mm. did everything to undermine hope, anything mm. that mm. came along. It was a silent uh, maneuver, but... It was very much there. Now I'm free of my family, but I have trouble letting go of them. And, um, you know, because they did a lot of damage to me. And I'm 70 years old, which may seem like a downer to begin with, but Mm -hmm. in my early life in the springtime, I had an abortion, which meant killing something, not bringing something to life. And it kind of makes me feel sad. And Mm. the other health care issue, I mean, I have a couple of things that, that... kick in on this Mm -hmm. the health care situation right now is not conducive to confidentiality or privacy (laughs) oh absolutely Mm -hmm. i'm very much involved in it because i have health care issues and Mm -hmm. you know i a very nice physician but i would not trust her she has Mm -hmm. you know connections to the corporations and i just cannot feel like i'm talking to someone i can trust And then the last issue you mentioned was finding support. Well, I did call a friend recently who is very much into music, Mm. and we did Queen on the the phone together. (laughs) You know, uh, another one bites the dust. You know, we did that together. And I'll tell you, I felt so uplifted from that. You know, I found a friend who understood because she's not married either, and she's had her problems. And, And music... Both of us share that. So, you know, it was a great experience to be with her. So what I want to say is more than anything, finding a human voice. Yes. Yes. It's so important when you feel depressed. Mm -hmm. You know, I I am depressed. I didn't realize it as much, but Mm. I really am. You know, I've been trying to find people to speak to, and this person was the only one that I found that really connected to me. And you immediately connected with the music. I, I yes. have to say, Patricia, that, that you're a survivor, too, though. I mean, <laughs> you're right? Yeah. I mean, so, exactly. Yeah, so yep. somehow you've survived all these years with this 
tone of voice that you have, which is really quite warm, um, that, mm-hmm. that yeah. I can imagine, you know, you would have no trouble connecting with people if you, if you wanted to or when you want to. Yeah, but the thing is, talking to them about depression yeah, is not yeah, a happy stuff. No. I try to uplift people. Like, I'm yeah. a service-oriented person. I like to bring happy news, not sad news. I feel then they abandon me, and that's worse. Yes. Yeah. That's, so See, there's, that's there's a the, lesson in there. Yeah. There's a lesson. Exactly. When you, when you and your friend connected on Queen, it immediately brought out these positive emotions from you. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. So, so that's one thing, you know, you're telling our audience uh, that we, when as therapists, we don't talk about people's depression. Mm-hmm. We don't, you know, we don't get fixated on that. There, that has nowhere to go. Yeah. The only mm-hmm. thing we can focus on is what we can do and what we can do with each other, for each other, say to each other that can make that hope spark come back. You know, yeah. I, I think the fact that you have somebody you can just talk to. Um, and be myself and with. Be I mean, yourself she's, with. she can absolutely be herself, you know. Right. And yeah. so you mm-hmm. have that spark, even though you don't feel like you have that spark, that hope. You do have it because mm-hmm. it, it, happens, okay. it happens right away when the person gives you the right stimulus, yeah. like Queen. Right. Okay. You, should, okay. Rent the, you yeah. should rent the movie, though, Bohemian Rhapsody. You can rent the movie. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Invite your friend over. The whole o- thing is music, huh? Invite yeah. your friend over and watch, okay. it, you know, and uh, have a happy, yeah. have a really good spring. We're glad you called. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Patricia. a lot. Okay. Thank All right, you. Really nice voice. As I remember, Patricia, you want to say some last words? I just, I just think that was a wonderful call. Thank you, Patricia. Yeah, it was a wonderful movement through like hopelessness to hopeful. Yeah, so people who you know do. think that they're hopeless, and this is a case of a person that, as a therapist, we don't get too worried about because she has access to these other emotions right away. So in herself, in her isolation, she might be feeling mm-hmm. the depression, but she, she really has access to her hope. You've been listening to The Positive Mind on WBAI 99.5 FM, New York City. We're here every Wednesday from 4 to 5. Uh, we need to have uh, Justine call back. Two yes, o- Justine, give us a call back. 212-757-4488. Congratulations, Justine. Again, 212-757-4488. We'll see you all next week.